Hey everyone, James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. You're dialed into Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. Be a part of the show live every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Facebook, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, or the CMSNetwork.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. I am your host, John. Bring Brian here in a second. Uh, we are live at TalkingIntoInfinity.com and the CMSNetwork.com. We are also live on Facebook and YouTube. The show airs every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you can't catch the live show, the video replays are the following Friday. And if you want to catch the audio version, just Google Talking Into Infinity, and we are pretty much anywhere where you get your podcasts at. So uh, let's bring Brian on. How is it going, man? What's going on, man? I think this is going to be like a five-minute show. I mean, there's absolutely nothing to talk about. We really don't have much of an episode, and there's nothing new you know, on the Dream Theater front. So, you know, 10 minutes, yeah. and I bet we're out of here. I know. This is this going to be a, a very quick one, you know, maybe even quicker than the power outage I had last time. So <laughs> I, did, I did notice I did notice we have the same screensaver background now. Um, I, I know. So what exactly is that going on behind us? Uh, it's fan art. No, no, just kidding. So, <laughs> I mean, man, let's let's get right into it. Um, this was the week they announced the new record uh, yesterday. So for anybody who doesn't know, which if you're watching a Dream Theater podcast, that's exactly oh, none of you. Uh, the record is called A View from the Top of the World. It is seven tracks long. The title track is that 20-minute monster. Uh, we can actually confirm that if you're wondering which of the songs has the eight-string guitar, it's going to be Awaken the Master. So uh, I, I think it's kind of cool, Brian. Like we, we have you know some friends that have given us some inside information on the record, and all of it has turned out to be true so far. I love the song titles. I think they're really cool. Um, album cover, I'm kind of, I'm sort of, I'm slowly getting used to it. You know, it's kind of growing on me. I, I don't know that it's my favorite album cover of theirs, but it, it's, you know, the more I look at it, I'm, I'm just kind of noticing some cool stuff. And I wish it was kind of more of a view where you could see a little bit more stuff below, but uh, it's cool. I like it. Yeah, I, I dig it. I, the, honestly, what hit me first was the fact that of, of the Mangini records, only the self-titled one doesn't have this kind of motif to it, like that light blue, like kind of nature-y like look to it. I, I was kind of surprised. It was, you know, I mean the, I mean even distance over time, even though it's just the skull in the in the hand is very light and bright. Like, so it's been several records they've done like with this sort of kind of bright look to it. I thought it might be a little different, but it's not. I like it. Um, I'm wondering what the spider thing is going to be because I, I, I brought up some screens to share. Like, I don't know how many people have noticed this. I'm sure more than I have. But um, obviously, you know, this is the album cover. Um, not the full thing. It's, you know, the top part of it below. You know, there's actually a cityscape there. Um, but if you, if you look at the shoes, you know, in the upper left, you'll see there's the little dude, you know, on, on, the, on the shoe on the right. Well... If you go on the website, 
I, it's, I noticed this right away. I was like, what is that? If you go on the website, if you look at the shoe on the left now, there's a big tarantula on it. Hmm. Oh, look at this. Okay, Adam might have figured it out for us. Uh, our, our very good friend Adam Rishog, eight legs equals eight strings. That very well could be. That's a good explanation. Yeah, I think I saw that somewhere. My only complaint is those shoes. Like, I, I think that those need to be taken to a cobbler. Those could be, you know, probably shined up, <laughs> shined up a tad, and maybe just a little bit of TLC on those suckers. <laughs> there, there's, there's a word I never thought we'd ever use on our, on our podcast: a cobbler. <laughs> wow. Unless my fat ass was talking about blueberry cobbler. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's good. Unless, unless, unless the, the, the tarantula is missing a leg and then it's seven legs for seven songs. I don't know. <laughs> like, they're going to try to fool us with that one. So, um, there, there, There's a few rumors going around, too, that the, a lot of these are based on TV shows. Like The Alien, I guess, is based on ALF. I don't know if you've heard that or not. <laughs> What, what would we do on this show without your terrible jokes, man? I don't know. I don't have any others for the other songs. That's the only one I can come up with. So. Nice. So uh, Gibson Les Paul brings up a good point. They did announce the tour. He says, I'm glad we aren't getting an entire album this tour cycle. I dig that, but it takes up too much of the set. Spread the love. I actually completely agree with that. Um, I really enjoyed the whole images and words thing and scenes from a memory. But I, I'm ready to get back to a more traditional type of a set list, and you know I, I've seen I've seen some people online kind of complaining about that, and I'm thinking, you know, we they've done the evening with for how many tours now, and I mean it's been most of the tours since, man, what was I mean like like uh, six degrees, and I mean at some point I mean these guys are in their late fifties like they just can't keep going three hours a night like they used to, um, and if you notice I think. I think they fit more shows in on this leg. Did you notice that? I didn't notice the number of shows, but did uh, did I hear? Did you tell me this, or did I read this somewhere that they basically stated they are not going to be doing any more anniversary tours? I read that somewhere as well. Yeah, and I don't know if that's been confirmed by anyone. And you know, of course, it's easy to say that now, and five years down the road, whatever you know, anniversary is for album, you know, X, Y, or Z, and they might do it. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very interested to see. Like, I would love so this. What is the total time on this? I didn't add up add that up. Do you know for sure? Uh, it's around. It's I, I think it's like just a hair over um, seventy minutes. Seventy minutes. Okay, yeah. so if we can get, man, if we can get forty five minutes of this album, I would be that would be perfect for me. I'm I'm guessing they're probably almost going to have to play that that massive monster title track, aren't they? Well, I mean, that, you, that that's got to be a must. Happening. Yeah, so that's going to take up the problem with the only problem with that is right. You know, there goes right there a fourth of your set at least. Yeah. You know, so if they're probably going to max out at what maybe just over two hours, if that, I can't see him playing more than that, especially with yeah. an opener. So if yeah, if we can get the title track and you know, I don't know three more of these, I would be that would be in heaven. You know, half the record. Uh, our buddy Adam asks. Uh, oh, Gibson Les Paul, Dream Theater fans complaining? Get out of here. <laughs> nice. Um, Adam asks us, question for y'all, which song besides the 20-minute title track are you most excited to hear? Well, you know what? Given this episode, and this is what they call a, a segue, <laughs> I really want to hear The Alien. It's the first song on the album, and I want to see if it if it's going to set, and we're going to find out later that the first song on the album does not always set the tone, and we're also going to find out the first song on the album has different meanings 
between you and I. But that's another story. But 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 anyway, I am curious to see like will this first song set the tone for the album? And and yeah, I would love to hear the alien. I think it's a cool song title. Um, it, there there is kind of a I, it's not a concept album, but you know, there's sort of a theme here with the awaken the monster, the sleeping giants. You know, it, there's is you know something like man, there's there's an uprising coming or something. So I'm kind of interested to see how how all that plays out on this. Yeah, I. My answer would have been the 20-minute title track because, to be completely honest, I was not a big fan of Illumination Theory. So I was like, oh, man, like, I don't know about these 20-minute songs. So I'm hoping to, uh, you know, hoping to get that taste out of, you know, out of my mouth. But I, honestly, I think, I think I would go with the alien, too. Um, you know, our, our sources um, sent us... <laughs> we, we have some information on it that makes it sound pretty cool. So... Um, I've already got kind of a picture in my head, um, like 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 story wise, like what it would feel like, look like, and everything. So I'm kind of excited to hear that. Um, you know, we we we've been told that, you know, the people that have heard it already have said that for them it's easily a top three Dream Theater album. So it's hard for me to really pick just one because I'm so excited to, you know, I mean the band's been talking it up. You know, people that have heard it are talking it up now. Um, so I'm. I'm I'm very excited for the whole thing. I mean, I know that's a, you know, it's it's a cop out answer, but, but it's true, you know. Um, so Jacob Green, what's up, man? Uh, he says, when do you believe the first single will come out? Could it be tomorrow, August, maybe even September? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That, that's about the only answer there, right? Yeah. Unless um, you have, do you have inside info? I I, I have. I don't have a specific answer, but I've had a couple people that have been right before have guessed uh, late August. So uh, I don't know if that's for sure, but we we will see. Again, the the stuff that these people have told us has turned out to be correct when they when they know it's for sure. This one they are not for sure on. Um, they're also not sure if the single is going to be the Alien or um, uh, Invisible Monster. So. That that's up in the air as well. I mean, you you would kind of assume it would be the alien because that's the album opener and that's typically what they've done um, recently. Which is why uh, Brian, I'd like to uh, let you know that the gift of music is actually the opening song to uh, the Awakening. <laughs> you dummy. But anyway, um, you mean the Astonishing? There is yeah, no album called the Awakening. Sorry, the Astonishing. My bad. <laughs> I was thinking of I was thinking of Awaken the. <laughs> I got the new record in my head, man. What do you want from me? Um, so. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's it's definitely going to be awesome, man. And I know that uh, uh, we got our tickets today for the show here in here in Canton. And me and you, it's become like a ritual for us to road trip to go see them. And this time they're playing like 20, 25 minutes from me on a Friday night. <laughs> so saves us all that road trip money. Yeah. And having to and having to deal with each other for two and a half days. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so um, I know I know our buddy Adam got tickets to the Seattle show. Um, it was pretty cool on that Dream Theater uh, message board because everyone was throwing out, uh, you know, pre-sale codes and stuff for everybody to use, which is really cool. So, um, and it wasn't even expensive. Can you believe it was only like sixty-nine dollars and fifty cents for like front-row tickets to our show? Yeah, I, it doesn't totally surprise me. I mean, I think that's a way of kind of hoping to make sure that it sells out, and I really do hope it sells out because you know you want it to be packed. You want the energy from the fans there. The bands feed off that. I mean, you as a musician and me as a musician, you know, it's 
energy is, is really it's just transferred it's not it doesn't just come from one person you need it both ways so let's let's hope they pack that joint yeah totally i'm, I'm super excited for it um if they do a second leg maybe we can road trip then it'll be you know probably you know next spring or something like that so that'd be pretty cool um oh look at adam's <laughs> adam paid 190 <clears throat> canadian each uh maybe maybe the maybe the exchange rates are a, a, a lot higher than we thought <laughs> um maybe maybe you did the platinum adam because i know that the 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 platinum ones are, are resales so i i saw i saw prices like that on ours today but that was ones that people were just you know they bought and then we're trying to make money off of so look that's that's just three less bags of ketchup chips he's going to be able to buy that's all that is <laughs> for his move to vancouver <laughs> um all right well why don't, why don't we get into this here uh so tonight's topic we decided that after several discussions on other shows about albums, we were like, you know, the opening songs on the Dream Theater records pretty much all are you know, kind of kick ass. So we decided we were going to try and rank them. And on my Star Wars show, we ranked all 11 live action movies. And it turned out to be a, a pain in the ass because you get to that middle part. I don't know if you had this problem, Brian, but you, you kind of know the, the top and the bottom. It's, it's pretty simple. But then when you get to that middle part, you're like, oh my god, do I like this song or this song? Like, it gets really difficult. So, well, before we get into that, I, I made a list of of some of my favorite album openers, and some of these you'll obviously probably agree with. One of them is, I mean, probably the most obvious of all time: Van Halen "Running with the Devil." Right. Oh, um, Van Halen is my favorite band outside of Dream Theater, and I would have to say, I I would not pick that one. No, okay. I, but, but that could that could be. But you're you're right in terms of how classic it is. Just okay. for me, me personally, having listened to them literally for most of my entire life, right. that song is so well, overplayed that I'm like. Well, let's look at it from maybe a classic standpoint too. Yes. Also, so no, I've I got a, All right. okay. So I've got Iron Maiden, Where Eagles Dare, yeah, um, Iron Maiden, Aces High. Now, for me, this is probably going to be not my number one because I specifically remember buying the album. Um, Scorpions love at first sting. Rocky like a hurricane was everywhere, and if you, that that opening guitar riff um, that's doodling all over on Bad Boys Running Wild. I mean, just ultimate ultimate '80s metal rock ear candy. Ozzy over the mountain. I don't know. Yep. You know, Rush obviously. Tom Sawyer. Um, Nickelback follow you home from all the right Shut reasons. Up. Obviously, right. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, but uh, Megadeth, Holy Wars. That those are basically I, I was, the ones I. I was going to go there. I, honestly, you know, my top one might be as Blackened off Injustice for All. That's my favorite Metallica song on my favorite record. So to me, that's just, you know, it's the, it's one of the angriest songs on the angriest Metallica record. So, um, yeah, you can, can't go wrong with that. Fight fire with fire, you know. I mean, you know, so, but, uh, yeah. So yeah. anyway, so yeah, so I, when I, we approached it differently and we don't need to sit here and argue about it since we know I'm right. But, uh, <laughs> nice. but so my, my criteria was okay, this, when I first just whatever the first thing that comes on on the album, and I understand we've got some concept albums and we've got some intros and things like that, but something's going to end up being last no matter what anyway in a list like this, right? So for me, it was just like, man, boom, I just hear that immediately and I'm like, wow, this, this is going to be just an amazing, amazing album. And it just right away, I'm just sucked in. So th that was kind of my main criteria. W what was yours? Uh, I just literally went with like, you know, because we do have some goofy stuff that you know starts out albums. I went with basically what I considered to be okay. Now the album's in motion. You know, for example, um, you know, 
Descent of the Nomax is the first track on, you know, the Astonishing. But I went with, I, you know, for this list, I used the Gift of Music. So, um, you know, uh, Scenes from a Memory. I didn't do the little acoustic thing with, you know, the the psychiatrist uh, or psychologist, whatever it is. I'm terrible with that differentiation. Um, I, I, you know, I went with Strange Deja Vu. I, I, it had to have vocals for me. So that's cool, and I get that, and I, I think it's you know it's it's all right to approach it a different way. It, you know, it it has no bearing on my thought in terms of an album in a whole. This is just basically like boom, I put it on, and like man, it immediately I'm just like wow, we're we're rocking away and we're doing this and that. So yeah, so I guess the way we should do it is let's alternate, and then like if I say one that you have it, say whatever number. Don't don't tell me that. Then wait until you get to it and announce that's it. That's fine. Then. Okay. Okay. So I'll let you go ahead and start. All right. So my last place, number 14 of 14, Brian is going to come through the camera at me right off the bat. (laughs) I am going with On the Backs of Angels from A Dramatic Turn of Events. Uh, The song, first of all, I just think the drums are weak production-wise on that record. Um, That, it just doesn't, it's just kind of there. And it just never really did anything for me. It's not one I ever go back and listen to. It's not one I think about. So for me, it was just kind of Gibson Les Paul just got himself banned from the show permanently. He says the last place is New Millennium. Uh, You can go right to hell, Gibson. You are completely wrong on that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it just never did anything for me, man. I I just I, I didn't. I, I I made a playlist in, in reverse order for myself today. I was listening to them, and I was like, yeah, this is nothing that came after. I was like, oh, I, should, I should rethink this. So using your criteria that you used, I, I totally understand why you did it, and I'm, you're not going to get like a ton of arguments from me. I, I probably wouldn't have put it quite that low, but um, but I understand why you did. Okay. And using my, my logic, I did put Descent of the Nomax, and even if you go all the way into astonishing and gift of music, like gift of music, it's it's a it's a decent song. Um, it's by no means you know anything that should be in, in this list. Probably at it, it, it the best, you know, bottom five, you know, bottom six or something like that. In, in my 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 thoughts. Would would you have bumped the astonishing up further if the gift of music was the first track? <sighs> yeah, probably. I, I, okay. I would I would bump it over maybe one or two, it, it'd be close. But like I said, it would still be bottom three to bottom four probably. There's just so many home runs on this list. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. I mean, so like it's, we said, something's gonna finish last. So yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Look at that, Adam Rishog, last place for me. Pull me under. Wow. <clears throat> Whoo, jeez, last place for Rock and Roll podcast. As I am. Well, these are interesting. Yeah. That, that one really kind of blows my mind there. No kidding. Wow. Yep. See, Kale agrees with me on the backs of angels. Love the song, but I think it could have been elsewhere on the album. Bridges in the Sky would have been a perfect opener. But uh, yeah. Yeah. On the backs of angels wasn't perfect. All right. So my number 13. Uh, and, and it got difficult for me right away because I actually I, I, I like this song. Should we uh, should we be writing these down so we know just a curiosity how close we were or or I'll write them down. Go ahead. Okay, uh, my number thirteen is the enemy inside from the self titled record. I did not go with the instrumental track. 
Um, again, my my rules were it's got got to have the lyrics to it. So, um, yeah, I, I it's weird. Like, I will say I've always hated the snare sound on this record. It sounds like the snare is off. The drums in general just sound like they're wobbly, like they weren't tightened up to me. I, I don't know why. Um, I will say this one has some kick-ass Mangini drum parts. It, it really sounds to me like on this one, like like on a dramatic turn, like Petrucci wrote the parts for him. It was like, here, play this. Even though he says, oh, I had the freedom to do what I wanted with them, it doesn't sound like that to me. And I think this this song kind of shows that because it's much busier than anything on the pre on the preceding record. So I, I really like that. Um, I think it's a great album opener, personally. Uh, it's busy. It's heavy. Um, it's cool. But I... I you know, I liked other ones better. So what do you have for number 13? Uh, number 13, I have um, the beginning of Scenes from a Memory. So the 1928. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm going to, well, I'll be coming and commenting on it later. But the problem with Enemy Inside is it's literally the best opening song they never did. They, they, they really... I think messed up big time by not making that the opening song. Like instead of the instrumental? Yes. And we'll get to that. So I don't know if I should comment on that now or when it gets to mine. No, that's fine. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, we, we all right. So all right, well then, you know. Yeah, we'll 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 save that for later cuz I I have thoughts on that as well. So Okay. See, this this was the problem with like not picking the stuff with lyrics. Like I mean, your bottom two are going to be obvious. There's little, little rinky-dink tracks. <laughs> like, well, also on Scenes from Memory, though, you've got to get through all of that. What is it? It's at least probably three minutes worth before you even get up to um, Strange Deja Vu, isn't it? Three to four well, I minutes. Well, mean, you've got, you've got Overture 1928. Right. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff there. So, right. you know. Um, all righty. So, my number 12. Again, I'm going to piss Brian off. <laughs> The Root of All Evil from Octavarium. Uh, again, a song I like, and it always has really fond memories for me because, you know, I was at score, so, you know, I, I just, I, the anticipation of waiting for that downbeat to hit and, you know, being in Radio City Music Hall and everything was just unbelievable. So I, I, I really like the song. Um, it's weird. It, it, it kind of has that, on the backs of angels thing for me where there's like not a ton that's there's not a ton there that's overly memorable but i but it's it's very melodically cool and it's like you've said in the past like it just got a really cool groove to it it's kind of like a simpler thing but i think i think it sets up the rest of octavarium well um i i think it's a it's a good salad for the rest of the meal that is octavarium so um yeah i but for some reason like i just liked a bunch of other stuff more than that so, that's uh, about that that's about where I figured you'd have it. I think I think I predicted probably somewhere around ten. Um so at twelve, I've got False Awakening Suite. I just think it's just it's just not it's not a good album opener. It doesn't seem to have much of anything to do with the rest of the album. And you come out of that and you you come into what I think are two killer tracks, um, an enemy inside and looking glass. Looking and glass, it's like yeah. it's like you know, it's easy in the digital age to go. Oh, we'll just skip. But like, if you put this on and the, you know, as as a vinyl, you know, back in the day or whatever, or even a CD, it's like, I don't know. It's just not to me, especially when you're ranking these. It's not a very, it's not a strong 
opening thing um, at all to me. So, and I, I think it's I think it's probably their biggest miss as far as an opener that I think. My opinion. I see. I don't. I don't can. Even even outside of the context of our conversation, I don't view that as an opener, because I always think of stuff like that as an intro. It's not okay. The album started. It's you know kind of like revving up to things. So I I do I I couldn't look at it like that. But you it know, doesn't it doesn't even flow into into enemy inside at all. It I don't know. It's just, it's like it it sounds like yeah. something that should be going over the opening credits of a movie, and then all of a sudden you got yeah. this cool cool heavy rocker. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It just doesn't fit there. I don't even know if it fits on that album. But that album is we've talked is is really sort of disjointed and. And we have our thoughts on that that we don't want to spoil all those, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so Daniel Wilson asks us, "How about how these album openers translate live?" Root of all evil at the start of score is a great example. Um, yeah, like I was saying, I, I have great memories of that because from being at score and you know I saw the Cleveland show. I think it was two weeks before that, one of the last two shows of that leg of the tour before score. Uh, score, excuse me, and I, I really like it. I, I personally didn't take how they translate live into consideration here only because I don't think I've heard a Dream Theater song yet that is worsened in the live environment. So, I mean, obviously stuff's going to get better in the live environment sometimes. Um, you're just going to have that energy to it and everything. Like Dark Eternal Night slams uh, you know, on the record. When you hear that song live, it's just like, you're like, what the heck? You know, especially if you're, if you're at the show. So, I mean, did you consider that at all, Brian? Like, like the live translation? I, I did not. No, not really, because the whole point of this, I think, like we said, is, is if I go buy an album and I put it on, what's the first thing I hear? What does it make me feel? You know, that, that's, and that's always going to be the memory that sticks with you the most. And again, once you understand that, like the astonishing scenes from Mary, that those are concept albums, you don't really know that at the time. You know, maybe maybe you do, but maybe the average person's just like, oh, it's the new Dream Theater. Yeah. You know, but this was literally like, man, that visceral feeling of like, man, there's this great rock and awesome new piece of new music. Here's the first time I get to hear it. You know, so so I don't think it matters how it translates live. But like you said, the majority of of the the awesome ones that we probably agree on here, they they sound great live, and what. You know what do they play that doesn't sound good live? I mean, <laughs> yeah, other than exactly. if you know if James is having a you know a rough night once in a while, but yeah, but I mean musically they're always spot on. So yeah, I I, com- I completely agree with that. Um, all right, so my number eleven is "As I Am" from Train of Thought. Uh, again, uh, you know I got to preface all these by saying. I love all of these songs pretty much except for my number 14 on the backs of angels is no, it's okay. Um, the rest of them, I I just, I really love. And it just became a question of when I was ranking them, I was like, Oh, I love that song. And then I'd like, I'd look at another one and say, would I listen to that one ahead of this one? And then I just started kind of piecing them together like that. And as I am is great song, but I think the stuff that I have ahead of it, I would choose to listen to instead of it, even though it's an incredibly strong song, uh, you know, we talked about it on our train of thought deep dive. It it's got a kick ass groove. The solo in there is just ripping, um, and it it you know again it kind of tells you exactly what you're going to get with the train of thought record right off the bat. So, yeah, that I think that tells you something, and I'm going to agree with you. That tells you something about how hard this is. You have as I am at number eleven. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got it obviously down a little bit further, but here, um, I'm getting ready for the hate mail to come flying my way. Number 11. And you'll probably be shocked that I actually put it even this high. I am six o'clock. Oh, no. Whoa. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going new millennium here. Wow. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. No oh, kidding. I mean, honestly, I could have probably put it 14th. I mean, I just. So we've had these conversations Man. about me, me going back and revisiting albums and I, I've just fallen in love with six degrees train of thought. I'm about 80% on board with most of it, but man, there's just spots on awake and, and you're coming off of images and words. And I hear this and I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't know. It just, I uh, see Adam put that comment up there. <laughs> <laughs> At Adam, Adam Rishog says, I'm with you, Brian. Yeah. Six o'clock is. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's not wow. a, it's not a strong album opener, especially coming off of, the, 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 the total masterpiece that is images and words. I just think it's very, very weak. So I've got Man. it there. Wait, wait to hear my notes about this song. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man. Oh man. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I won't, I won't give away where I have it, but I, I definitely don't agree with that one. Uh, I, I wonder if we'll have anything else. That's really, we're kind of like really that off, you know, off from each other on because that's kind of crazy. Um, damn, that really took me by surprise. I was really thinking you were going to say New Millennium. Uh, <laughs> all right, so my number 10, and I think it starts getting a little nutty here personally, but I think I don't think a lot of people might agree with me with this, but uh, my number 10 is A Nightmare to Remember from Black Clouds and Silver Linings. Um, wow, that's, I, that's, that stuns me. Yeah. So, all right. So, real quick before I continue, we got a question here. Uh, Travis Snyder asks, "Do you find these rankings similar to how you rank their respective albums?" No, um, not at all. No, uh, I didn't. So, I mean, but but then again, I, you know, Travis, I I can't say for sure because I ha we haven't done we haven't ranked the albums yet. So I'm not I'm not sure. Like I I obviously know what my number one album is, and I know what my number fourteen album is. Um, and my number 13 <laughs> album actually, but, um, yeah, I, not, I, I don't know yet, Travis. So we'll, we'll have to see. Um, so yeah. So a nightmare to remember again, it gets hard because that song is awesome and I, I really like it. Um, it, it's to me, it's one of those rare songs where the album opener might be the album centerpiece. I don't think they have a lot of that in the catalog. Um, because you know, there's other stuff that's as good or better, but this one, I think, you know, you definitely have, it's either this or count of Tuscany. And I, I think I would go with count of Tuscany, but I think it, you can make an argument either way for that one. Um, I think the balance between the heavy and melodic parts is phenomenal. That, um, that, that middle part where it gets all, all quiet, you know, hopelessly drifting, bathing in beauty, like that part, that's Love my that. favorite. Yeah. That's my favorite vocal melody they've ever done. Yep. That that sticks out in my mind above any vocal melody they've ever done. So, uh, but again, you know, it just comes down to if I'm if I'm looking at stuff to listen to, which ones would I go to first? And I have other ones that are, you know, that that are higher than this. So, what is your number ten? I'm going to shock you on this one, only because it's well, maybe not. I've got fortune and lies. 
Yeah, that's not going to surprise me. <laughs> no? Well, I thought you you probably would have figured I had it lower. No, because you you said you actually didn't mind this song. We've talked about it a couple times on the show. And, you know, Jacob Green agrees with me there. Oh, my God, yes, that vocal melody is my is absolutely my favorite. Yep, I, it's beautiful. It, it's the very first time I heard it, it just stuck with me. But, um, yeah, no, I... I you haven't been as critical of a fortune and lies as you might think. I, I, I think you kind of are tolerant of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just didn't know if you'd be surprised that I had it ahead of six o'clock. That's all. I guess. I'll um, th- now that, not, I, th- no. <laughs> that, that I am surprised about because yeah. you, you had said when we did the awake deep dive that all of a sudden you were like, oh, my God, I got a new appreciation for this. But apparently 6 a.m. is or <laughs> yeah. six o'clock is, is the redheaded stepchild of that record. So. <laughs> You know that that one is that one is bookended terribly for you apparently. <laughs> well, it looks like Pull Me Under is, is slowly making a climb. Gibson Les Paul has them up at the ten now, and they were they started at fourteen for Adam, I think. Yep, yeah. Pull Pull Me Under is such a hard one to rank because again, it, like we were talking about running with the devil, it's kind of you've heard it so many times that it's hard to be objective about it. You know, because if if you're going, well, do I want to listen to a Dream Theater song? You know, even though Pull Me Under is a phenomenal song, it's like, well, I've heard that 8,428 times. I'm going to listen to something else. So, so Fortune and Lies. So, so why did you have this, uh, I would say, as high as you do? Um, I think, you know, for what it is, you know, it's got that, uh, it, it, kind of is giving you an idea of what's probably going to end up happening with this band you know it's it's a progressive type of metal there's an obvious an 80s element to it but it's a decent enough riff you know cool solo and whatnot and uh it's a song i'm fine here and if they want to play it live you know i'm down with that i'm probably not a whole lot off the uh, for the first album i want to hear but it's always cool if they bust that one out and um i just thought it kind of fit perfectly right there at, at number 10 okay yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of that song. I, anybody who's watched or listened to the show knows that, so I don't think there's any surprise that, you know, that it, that is something that I have higher on my list than you do. So, uh, all right. So moving on to number nine, I have, I, I think it really started getting much more difficult for me going forward here. Um, I have untethered angel from distance over time. And like I say, it got really difficult for me because I love that song. I love that record. Um, the one thing I did notice as I was going through my playlist today, the production sounds great, but have you noticed that it's actually a lot quieter than all the other records? When this song, when this song came on my playlist, I was like hitting the volume button. I'm like, I'm already cranked? What the heck? So I don't know what happened in mastering, but it's not nearly as loud as the other stuff. Um no, never noticed. I'm not totally sure. What are you yeah. listening to? Do you have your like your CDs burned or something, or are you do no, Spotify or Apple Music or uh, Amazon? Amazon, Amazon. Unlimited. Okay. Yeah, with you know, wireless earbuds, like bass heavy ones. Okay. Um, yeah, I this song. This song is great. Uh, when I first heard it, when it was the first single, I was like, hell yes. Uh, I was very happy with it because I'm a huge fan of The Astonishing, but obviously that was a very divisive album. And so I was really hoping they were going to come out with a record that was basically like, all right, fine. You don't like The Astonishing? Well, here's a here's a classic kick-ass Dream Theater album for you. And when I heard this song, I was like, okay, that's that's kind of the direction that they're going with this. So I thought it was a perfect first single. Uh, it just absolutely rocks. It's It's got... 
you know, again, it's it's got all those hallmarks of a cool Dream Theater song, but kind of more concise and to the point. So instead of it being, you know, 10, 12 minutes, it's, you know, six or seven or whatever it is. And I just, I, I think it's great. So I, I have uh, Untethered Angel as yeah, my I, number nine. I figured you would probably have it pretty close to the middle, and that's about where you are. Um, I have number nine, uh, New Millennium. <sighs> hey, I think that's pretty good considering, you know. Yeah, I have to admit, I thought you'd have that one further down. <laughs> I like I like New Millennium. We've we've talked before about Falling Into Infinity. There there's no other album that remotely sounds like that one. Um, it's it's a difficult album to kind of dissect and 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 really understand like what all is going on there with, with different types of music. There's really just a lot of different styles going on. I think, which is great. Um, I'm fine with it at nine. You know, I don't think I have it too high or too low. I think it's probably sits good right there. Okay. Yeah, I. You know, hey, it's it's the it's the opening. Tra- Look at this, Travis. Speaking of somebody who's going to get his ass banned, <laughs> <laughs> Travis Snyder, yeah. New Millennium would be number fourteen for me with a laughy face. Yeah. Come on, man! You can't come on the show and, and talk about falling into infinity bad to John because that that will get you banned. <laughs> if 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 we were if we were one of those shows that actually bans people, like right. you know, if we were cancel culture on this show, you'd be screwed. Yeah. But we are not like that, so it's like beating um, a dog, basically, for John. You know, <laughs> yeah, that, that or trashing yeah. falling into infinity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I. All right. I, 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 I guess I shouldn't be surprised you had it this low. Um, I, it'll, it'll be real interesting to see. I'm looking at what, which ones we have left, and it'll be real interesting to see which ones we have in like our top four. So um, I don't know. I'm really wondering if, if we have the same number one. That, as soon as I ranked my number one, which was easy for me, <laughs> I was like, I wonder if we have the same one. I have so, no idea. Yeah, I, I, we will, we will find out <laughs> shortly. Right. So moving on to number eight, I, uh, un- unlike your ruling, I I thought Strange Deja Vu was the was what I consider the opener for uh, Metropolis 2000, and so I'm going. My number eight is Strange Deja Vu. Uh, great song, love it. Um, even though it's the beginning of a concept album, I think it's one of the hookiest openers they did because i always kind of view this almost as like more of a cohesive piece of music than than a collection of songs just because of the vibe that's presented and everything but that that having been said i still think that this is a really catchy song you know the uh, the vocals throughout have have a melody have you know an easy to sing melody and you know it changes up here and there it's just cool it's an uplifting like you know, it, it 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 sounds energetic. Like it really sounds like the band is energized after all that crap they went through on falling into infinity. And it, I th- I think that energy really comes through on this song. So I, I I really like it. I really like it. Well, I love the song. We had it um, on our. I think I think I picked it for um, the Gateway song. So people that didn't even know Dream Theater, I yep. picked it as one of my picks. I love the song. I just. Um, what are we gonna do when we do an, an episode where it's the, the the best third songs on? on you know? 
Does we get to pick that one again, or <clears throat> we're, we're just gonna go through episodes, just rank it. Okay, here's our favorite track sevens. <laughs> so there, there was another podcast. I won't mention the name, but I think it was something like, "What's the best best fourth song on an album?" Whatever. Like I can understand doing one or two, but man, your brain really has to like start focusing or or, or doing some serious uh, googling to figure that out. Could you imagine having to do that? <clears throat> You've got millions of albums to choose from. Yeah, that that, that just sounds dumb. But yeah, strange deja vu. I mean, if if that's truly an album opener, the way you say, I would probably set it somewhere somewhere where it is right there. I don't think that's that's bad. Okay. Um, n- number eight, I I have untethered angel. Um, okay, it's funny because I was so excited when distance over time came out, and I really think that it, it the untethered angel was just a lackluster single like i i almost think it's in contest the worst song on the album it, but but the thing of it is it's kind of it's like you said it's very familiar it's very dream theater ish you know it, it's like an old comfortable pair of jeans you know what i mean you know exactly like when it came in you're like oh oh okay because this was after you know the, the astonishing and whatnot and you're like, oh, okay, I'm kind of falling into this, you know, this old groove of, yeah, there's my band's back, you know. But it's not super, super duper exciting. But, you know, I think it fit. You had it one spot. This is probably the, this is the closest we've been on anything so far. Yeah, we're it only, really we're, has we're, been. We're only one away. So I think this, like I said, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good song. It fits, I mean, exactly, basically almost in the middle here, which is, you know, probably the place it should go. Yeah. Kale's Kale's Kale says track fours. I'd take welcome home sanitarium. Heaven can wait. And the shattered fortress. I just, and I, 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 I had to, I had to pipe up for my favorite track four ever hear, hear about it later from Van Halen's fair warning. That is like totally off topic, but you know, Oh God. So at least we know what my top one will be. If we ever do right. the best, best fourth song in history episode. <laughs> Let's see. Is, uh, is, is "Knock 'Em Dead" kid? Is that the fourth? Is that the fifth <laughs> song? Do you count "In the Beginning" as being "In the Beginning"? I, well, I wouldn't no, because of <laughs> you would. <laughs> no, wait. I think you have. Uh, you had "Looks to Kill" and then is it "Bastard"? I used to know that album. Yeah, it's a sh- "Shout at the Devil." Looks that kill bastard. Um, then it might be "Knock 'Em Dead" kid. <laughs> or, or is it or is it red we, we need oh, the well. jeff we need the jeopardy theme song i know to talk know. about shout at the devil track list order jeez man what a bunch of idiots all right <laughs> <laughs> so my next one at number seven is pot right right in the middle maybe a little higher than the middle is pull me under um i think this is more of like a i i, I think this is more of like a nostalgia thing I just don't know how you can keep this one down on the list. It's it's the song that started it all. And I don't think you can ever deny the power and to me the beauty of this song. It's just it's it's longer than you would think and it's just it's awesome. Every time I hear it live I'm like this song rocks and again to me it's it's I don't have much to say about it but it's the one that started it all so I'm showing it some some proper respect and I I've, I've got it as uh as as my number 7. So what do you have as number 7 on your list? I have uh on the backs of angels and I, I think of this song very similar to untethered angel. Um it's just kind of like a it's a very comfortable dream theater very standard type of thing they do. Um, the way the intro is and, and you know, those kind of choiry string parts Jordan plays, you know, behind the heavy guitars that I love so much. 
And, uh, okay. you know, to me, the, the, the two songs are very similar, not just because they both have the word angel in them, but I don't know, just the feel of them and the way I go, oh, man, that's the dream theater that I know. And, and, and is it a great song? No, I don't think by any stretch. It's probably the worst song on dramatic turn events. You know, honestly, Kale made a great point. You know, if you start with Bridges in the Sky, like, man, that just that's a huge home run right there, you know, as opposed to you know but it's it's easy to do all that and say all that in hindsight you know it's, once you kind yeah. of once you get to get in oh well the second song is better than the first song now yeah. you know but you don't know that at the time so yeah i've got it right here at seven maybe that's probably lower than you thought i was gonna have it um i don't know it, it makes sense here i i don't think i didn't think you would have it as high as as you may think i would have because i know that there's others coming up that you are just like crazy about so and this is not one that you've ever really talked about a ton. Like, I know you love a dramatic turn, but this is not one of the ones that you've gushed over. So right. um, interest, interesting in, in the chat, Gibson Les Paul, his number seven is in the presence of enemies part one. I mean, obviously me and you both have that in our top six, but man, that seems low. I think that's way low. But yeah, you're going to have to explain that one, Gibson. That's, that, that's one we're, we're going we're gonna to take umbrage with you. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's another word. We have cobbler and umbrage on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're being all wordy. So, all right. So, my number six is The Gift of Music from The Astonishing. Uh, something about this song has always stood out to me from the first time I heard it. It's just, it's so, something about it is just so catchy to me. And it's one of those rare short dream theater songs by short i mean like four or five minutes that manages to get some really cool dream theater isms into it without it sounding forced like they're cramming it in there and i was i've always thought that was really cool and, and again something about it has always been just really really catchy to me i, I listen to it a lot on its own uh, there, there's not a lot of songs I can listen to on their own on the astonishing just because i I tend to enjoy listening to that as a, as an entire piece but this is definitely one. I mean, kind of stupid to say it's the first single, but I I really think it's a great song. I, I, I really enjoy it. It's one of the two strongest songs on the album, as far as I'm concerned. And I, you know, I, I like it. So I, I put it up higher than I think a lot of people probably would have. So what do you have on that one? How do I do that thing again where I hide you and completely take you out of the chat <laughs> and mute you? <laughs> at least i didn't do a noise track for the opening song it's not even a song oh my gosh you even by your your rules you're absolutely smoking i don't know what to put this in the top six i mean i'm sorry it, it's an okay song but there's just there's no way in the world i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let let that fly oh my god but uh i have um i've got glass prison at six um some probably think that's too low what um, but uh I've just got too many more that I like more than that one. So, oh I got my it. god, still in the top half. All right, we we need to get the commenters in on this. What's more egregious, me having the gift of music as high as six, or him having the glass prison as low as six? That is <laughs> Pro probably you. But there you go, Adam. <laughs> Brian is officially on drugs. So there's one vote against you. Yeah, this coming from someone that eats ketchup chips. Uh, shut up. By the way, Adam <laughs> says, I didn't like the gift of music till they released the rendition with Lizzie Hale. I think that was our new world, Adam. Yeah, that's our new world. Okay. Unless they unless they did both and I don't know about it. But 
Yeah, dude, that's crazy. All right, explain yourself. Yeah, see, see, Jacob Green, see, holy shit, glass prison, not number one, blasphemy. Well, you'll you'll see why you'll see why when I have when you see what I have at number one. I, I would I think, think I, of, I would think what I have ahead of this is probably only one you're you're gonna, you know, really think I'm stupid for. But obviously, you already know I have it ranked high. So <laughs> I was gonna say. So all right, <clears throat> so man, the glass prison that is wow. I think I, I th- I'm more shocked than shocked at that one than I am you having uh, six o'clock at number eleven. <laughs> well, you know, Adam, I'm all- Adam says he's officially he's he's officially taking over as co-host. Brian's out. <laughs> hey man, yours. Oh my god. So anyway, sorry to cut you off, buddy. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm also like I said, I'm going back to my thing of when I first heard these albums. You know, the ones that just got me right away, and um, you know, it took me a while to get to get into six degrees you know and um that's just i got it at well, six no that's that's six true. degrees at six see yeah <laughs> i see what you did there <laughs> all right so at number five this probably is not a surprise that it's as high as it is uh new millennium so pretty simple it's the uh it's the opening song on my favorite dream theater record i've always loved the groove of it uh, it's just it's kind of like a jam. Uh, one of the things I really love is that during the heavy parts, Derek Sherinian's and, and this is a theme throughout the record, but Derek Sherinian's keyboards just blend so well with, with Petrucci's guitar when it gets heavy and stuff like that. It's really, you know, it, you know, Jordan Rudis said that he kind of had this dirty organ thing to act as kind of a rhythm guitar on Train of Thought, and you kind of have to listen for that. But on Falling into Infinity. You know, and stuff like New Millennium, you don't have to listen. It's right there. Like you can tell that it's like a dirty organ and a heavy guitar, and it's just it's just grooving and stuff. So, you know, it's it's just it's cool, man. It's again, it's the opening song on my favorite record. So it's it's a good it's a good way to start out what I think is is their finest their finest piece of work. So, uh, what's your number five? Well, just going back to yours, I'm a little surprised. I actually kind of oh, had okay. I had that pegged for top three for you, so ah, I, I was okay. I was I was close. But uh, I'm actually going to agree with Adam on number five. I do have Root of All Evil. Okay, <clears throat> I was not surprised you had this one that that high. Yeah, I I, I love this as an album opener, and I think you said too. It kind of sets up Octavarium nicely. Um, but man, you just that opening riff and it's the groove of it. It's just. It's just powerful. I mean, it's one you always want to hear live. And if they opened every show for the next 10 years with that song live, I'd be fine with it. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I just think it's a great song. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's not overly, it's not too overly busy or anything. What does it come in around eight minutes or so? It's not one of their more insane ones, yeah. but there's enough awesome, cool things going on. But to go back to New Millennium, yeah, Derek Serenia, we talked before, and I think I said that I almost enjoyed what he did on that album more than any of the other keyboard players that man you know you just want wonder what would it be like to have a second a second album with sherinian on it yeah. you know what what would that look like and and he's a master at that that rock organ stuff like in black country communion it you know he they do that stuff for days on some of those songs where him and joe bonamassa trade off blues and and real chunky organ heavy you know b3 hammond type riffs yeah. but uh, and he has you know a lot of those kind of things going on, on certain songs on that album but uh yep yeah, I'm I'm in complete agreement with you. I, I that's my favorite keyboard performance 
in the band's history. Um, I, I, I'm very intrigued about that your comment about a second album because we know that Falling Into Infinity was there. They were trying to write more commercially. So did he fit in better because you know he was more of a rock player, or you know would it still have been as awesome when they're just like going off and trying to be progressive and stuff like that? So um, I, I would definitely love to hear what would have come out of that. So all right, let's get into the top four, kind of like the playoffs. My number four is A Fortune in Lies from When Dream and Day Unite. I absolutely love this song. I've been on record saying that many times on the show. I don't think this song gets talked about enough because the album gets overlooked. A lot of people don't really like it. Um, one of my favorite parts has always been right in that middle part. Um, or if you're Mike Mangini doing it with one hand. Um, <laughs> that Just how the organ is like... It holds out those big, lush, just holding out chords over that staccato thing. And I've just always thought that that just sounds awesome. It sounds huge. Uh, it, it, it's, it's such a cool juxtaposition of something heavy with something just kind of beautiful. And I've, I've always just been a huge fan of that song. And I, I listen to it a lot. So, uh, look, Kale's got New Millennium at number four. All right. There we nice. go. I like that. Okay. So, yeah. So, I've got a fortune in lies at number four. Thoughts? Or are you going to your number four since you uh, no, I, I, I knew on you, this one? <laughs> no, I'm not crapping on it. I, it's, I, I figured you would get this in your top five, so that's kind of about where you have it. Um, I just think the probably the dated aspect of it for me is why I wouldn't have it. You know, is why I have all the other ones ahead of it. But okay. for you, it makes sense where it is. For my number four, uh, they did an album called Master of Puppets, and there was a song called Battery, and it was a very heavy, like, it didn't sound like anything they'd ever done before. So I, <laughs> oh, wait, that's not their song. <laughs> are okay. you going, are you going with the You'd Say Jam version or the Lost Not Forgotten okay. version? Okay, sorry. There was a, there was an album they did called, <laughs> called Number of the Beast. The song is Invaders. Oh, my God. And it's a. Uh, no, actually, I have uh, no, number four, I, and I'm kind of surprised. You know, I'm not surprised after we did the episode for Train of Thought, but I've I've got as I am at number four. Wow, really? Yeah, I just think um, I think it's the best song on the album. It opens the album, no. and um, and uh, I love it. The best song on Train of Thought, huh? I thought we I thought we agreed that Honor Thy Father was up there. Well, you might have uh -oh. agreed that. <laughs> like I agreed to no such thing. <laughs> Kale, we're not going in the shower with you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so Kale Kale is giving his in the comments if if uh if you're watching the replay or anything like that, or if you give a crap, everyone's giving us their their rankings, which is awesome. Thanks for thanks for doing that, guys. It's cool you guys took the time. Um so he says his number three is six o'clock. His number two is Overture 1928. And his number one is The Glass Prison. Well, Jacob Green will appreciate that number one. Uh, Adam Rishog, Honor Thy Father be one of the best number four tracks. <laughs> <laughs> that number four rears its ugly head again, man. So, <laughs> all right. So getting into the top three, Kale is going to uh, enjoy this pick. My number three is six o'clock. 
And I will completely disagree with you in your assessment of it being a letdown coming off of images and words. Um, I think this one is an excellent crossover of, you know, kind of setting the tone for Awake, but also having enough callbacks to what was on images and words to where it's kind of like that transition song. So that that's really cool. And then, of course, you know, you get into, you know, after that, then you're into, you know, Caught in a Web, and then the seven string comes out. And so it's, okay, this is a different record. So I think it's kind of like that, you know, it kind of is like dipping your toes in the water of the new record and keeping it familiar but keeping it fresh. I think, you know, the drum parts are awesome on this. It's just a fun song to listen to. But if you if you really listen to the bass the bass stuff, this is one of my favorite my own bass lines. There's some there's some pretty interesting stuff going on, especially near the end where, you know, the other stuff's a little cleaner. Like he's kind of moving around. It's it's pretty it's pretty sweet. I, I really I really like that aspect of, of this one. So um I uh, I wrote down one word based on all your comments. No. <laughs> 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 No, I'm not shocked. I, I knew you would probably get Fortune and Lies. Like those three right there, I knew we were going to make your top five. So, right. That, that's cool, man. I get it. Um, number three for me, I do have Nightmare to Remember. Okay. Um, great, great song. Um, I took it, didn't I? I took it number one, I think, in the draft, which most people think I'm an idiot for doing. I probably could have waited on it now in hindsight. <laughs> hindsight but, uh, is always 2020, my friend. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, we talked about that middle vocal part and, um, it's a song I've said before, I always want to hear it live. And so it, number three for me, easy. It was, it was nightmare was going to make top five, no matter what. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't argue with you. Um, it's, it's just, dude, it's an epic song. You know, I gave my thoughts on it earlier. Uh, J- Jacob Green. Yeah, he says Nightmare is top three for me, too, so he's in agreement with you there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't really argue with that. I mean, it's that's one of those ones, like I say, I, I had it further down my list. You know, I, I had it at number 10. You've got it at number three. And, I, and, and I, I think for most people, it would probably be much closer to where you have it. So I, I definitely cannot argue with you on that. For I'd, sure. I'd have a hard time thinking that the majority wouldn't at least be top five, you know. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, but all right. So the top two, uh, I, I, I am going to my, my guess for your number one <laughs> is my number two. Uh, I have at number two in the presence of enemies, part one. And to me, it's just a totally perfect song. It rocks. I could listen to it over and over and over <laughs> and over again. Um, you know, they, they said that when they were writing this one, they wanted to, you know, the only theme for this, you know, for the systematic cast record was they wanted to have chunk and balls. And this definitely has chunk and balls. And there's a lot of that, you know, ugh-ugh-ugh stuff going on. And, um, man, I what, what can you say? I mean, it's in the presence of enemies. It's, it's just absolutely killer. And you, you, t- you talk about a song, you know, that there's never been a song that has been lessened by them performing it live. This is one of the perfect examples of a song that's, you know, some you can say that's even better live, like extremely. It's just so much fun to watch. And for me, this is one of them. I, mean, I was so glad we got to see this on the Distance Over Time tour. I thought it was a great choice for them to pull out. Um, 
it's it's just awesome. And I, I love how it bookends with with part two. And part two is like almost completely different until you get to the end. It's just the way that it's written is just awesome. So well, they're, they're definitely two totally separate songs. And if you're doing a draft, you wouldn't be able to put them together in the same song. <laughs> that's for sure. They, you have oh, to... he's taking shots at Adam and Kale and I. All right, <laughs> and you. I, that's why I said, I, you know, hey, I'll 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 own up to that. But I'm sorry, it was written. It was written as one song, and they just split it into two. That's factual. Okay, I wish we would have done something before we started this. So, if you would have guessed before how long it would take going through this list before you and I actually had the same song at the same number, what would you have guessed? Or do you think if it would have even happened? I honestly thought it'd be number one. Okay. So I so you're saying that you have this at number two. It took us thirteen songs, and we are in agreement. Man, I I am trying to figure out what the hell. I I, sh- I should have marked mine off as you chose them by album, so I could see. All right, so all right, so we both have in the presence of enemies. At, at, all right, so. Wow, yeah, I I would have thought this would be your number one, but it is not. So, why don't we why don't we just get to our number ones? Uh, Jacob Green and Kale, uh, our buddy Kale McLeish, you'll be happy to know that I agree with both of you and. My choice as the number one Dream Theater album opener from all 14 records is The Glass Prison from Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence. Uh, that song is just an absolute monster. It's a monster from start to finish. It just goes and goes and goes. Uh, it's 14 minutes long. It doesn't bother me that it's 14 minutes long. And it just sounds great. I absolutely love that song. It's way up on my list of favorite Dream Theater songs, period, much less album openers. Yeah, that, that was an easy easy money to bet you on that one. Um, <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew for sure you'd have that. I know you, you worship that album, and I don't have any problem with you know that, that being that high. That's, yeah, I, I, I had it at six only because there's just some I like a little better. you know. So, Speaking well, of being wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, right, num- so- number one for me, it, it's pulled me under. I mean, I just... You know, wow. we wouldn't even we wouldn't even have this show, honestly, if it wasn't for Pull Me Under. At least, at least I wouldn't be interested in doing it because that I told the story a million times. You know, I I'd heard stuff off the first album. I had the first album. I wasn't that. I was like, eh. And then I heard Pull Me Under, and I'm like, what in the hell is this? Yeah. And then the <laughs> and then the video. I mean, but the first, like again, I'm going back to the first time you hear the first song on an album. You know, and you put it on, you're like, what in the hell is this? You know, yeah. the, the huge video without that video, without, you know, without that support from MTV, without the radio support, there probably would be no, I don't think there'd be a dream theater as we know it. I, I don't know that you could keep down, you know, so to say, you know, my young and, and Petrucci and Portnoy, at least those three, I don't think you could keep those guys down from doing something in the music industry or, or being successful or playing in bands. But I honestly do not know if Pull Me Under had not taken off the way it did, that Dream Theater would be what they are. I mean, no, it's a a what if, you know. I completely agree. Uh, Adam Rishog says, "Go home, Brian. You're drunk." Uh, (laughs) This is actually the this is actually the first night water only. Yeah, I'm I'm just drinking iced tea and water as well. So, um, yeah, go home. You're drunk, Uh, Adam. I'm I'm. I'm, I wouldn't agree with it at number at number one, but I will agree with him as to its importance because I've always believed 
that what you had with Pull Me Under was a song that tons of people got into. And then when Awake came out, you know, the, I'll just say fair weather fans, for lack of a better term, kind of fell off. And you were left with what became like the core of the hardcore dream theater audience. And those people stuck around. And I think without Pull Me Under to, ex, you know, expose them to that many people, you're not going to have that big of a bunch of leftover fans that are there for the rest of the, you know, the rest of the band's history. So I, I don't I don't think that the importance of Pull Me Under can possibly be understated. So I completely agree with you there. Well, and, and it's the lead song on what's considered one of the greatest you know, hard rock, progressive rock albums of all time, right? I mean, yep. is, is there even any question? Well, however you want to categorize, it's considered one of the greatest albums of all time in this in this genre, you know. Yep. And, yeah. and most and just and most groundbreaking, you know. So, you know, we joke around a lot about pull me under, and when we did the draft, none of us drafted it because why would we? Yeah. But I'm, I'm like you, something you hearken back to. You know, we go see them play live, and they finish up, and. There's an encore, second encore. You're like, I mean, I just, I hope they don't stop playing "Pull Me Under." And then, yeah, <laughs> then it, and then, then those chords come in, and you just get those shivers on the back of your neck. And you're like, yeah, of course. When I'm sitting around at home, I I never play that song. You know, I don't. I never comes up on a playlist. And they're like, oh, yep. geez, I want to put "Pull Me Under" on. But when we go see them live, it's like, you know, I gotta hear it. I just it finishes the night for me. It's like it's the perfect end to a perfect dream theater show. And um, just play the damn song, you know. Yep, <laughs> That's the I, way I feel about it. <laughs> I, I completely agree with you, man. I like I said, it's it's not one of those ones that you're ever gonna willingly put on. I don't think very often. But when you hear it, just that boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it's like that. That's when your 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 mind and your heart just go. I'm at a dream theater show. Oh yeah, and, I mean, that yeah, is just the, those three notes. Just you know, it's like it's this the signature. It's like okay. You know, I'm I'm where I want to be. Like it, it's you can't you can't go wrong with it in a live setting. Um, Gibson Les Paul, his number one is False Awakening Suite into the Enemy Inside. Uh, Adam, I think I'm going to amend your comment. Say go home, Gibson. You're drunk. <laughs> so he's got my number thirteen as his number one. Man. So I was, I was trying to look here. So other than well, we were we both had number two the same. Mm-hmm. Unt- untethered angel, we were off by one. Yep. But everything else, man, is pretty. Uh, <laughs> nothing's really lining up much. <laughs> no. Which is which is good and exactly how I figured it would go. You know, it's not it's not like I'm sitting here going, "Wow, I'm shocked." <laughs> well, we both we both had the self titled down kind of low, but I think again, I mean, would would you ha- again? I don't know if you'd have it that low. If you were going with the enemy inside instead of false awakening suite, so yeah, if I was going with enemy inside, let's see, I'd probably put that at seven where I have backs of angels. Yeah, yeah I'd, so- I, I'd put that. I'd put that ahead of that. I'd put that ahead of untethered angel for sure. I, I have so. to admit that's that's my fault because when I was thinking about it today, I was like, you know, I don't think I ever told him my criteria so we were going from the same place well we we kind of did but i didn't necessarily agree with your criteria so i did <laughs> you know i just said i just said f your criteria <laughs> right well no like i said i was i was strictly i was just i was thinking back to you know the old days of like here's an album in a record store you don't even you just see a picture and you're like oh i didn't know the first thing about judas priest when i bought screaming for vengeance and i saw this killer album cover you know in the store in 1982 when i was 14 years old i didn't know a song by that i knew nothing about them 
you know that you'd see kids in your junior high or whatever wearing their shirts you're like yeah judas priest i'm like yeah i don't know what that is (laughs) you know but then you go then you go get screaming for vengeance and you put that in there you put that on and you hear the opening stuff parts of the hellion you're like oh my god what is this yeah this is the most amazing thing i've ever heard my entire life you know yep so i i kind i kind of use that you know that wasn't my sole criteria but i i understand what you did too it makes sense yeah i i I just figured it was a cop-out i mean not i'm not ripping on you in any way i promise i'm actually being serious this time um but i actually kind of figured it was a cop-out to use like for example you know like the the psychiatrist track from you know metropolis 2000 or you know again just like an instrumental because to me it's like that's just an intro it's it's not meant to be it doesn't feel like me like it's meant to be the true start of the record. So I went with what I'm like, okay, now, now they're kicking into high gear. Like that was kind of like where I was right. at with trying to come up with this. But it, you know what's really funny? How long did it take you to come up with your list? Um, you Doing it the way I did, I don't know, half hour maybe. Mine is literally a first draft that I never changed once. Okay. I could I could not believe it. I was sitting at work last week. I'm like, all right, let me get to work on this because again, when I ranked the Star Wars movies, that was that took me days. That was a bitch, and I was like, so I knew, all right, get get started on this. So I I knew Glass Prison in the in, in the presence of enemies were going to be one and two. I knew, you know, the bat on the backs of angels was going to be number fourteen. No no offense, and so the middle stuff I kind of just started thinking, and I was like. I mean, I literally, as I typed it, I looked back at it. I was like, yeah, yeah, this makes sense. And then especially when I made my playlist today, just to make sure, I went through the playlist. I was like, yeah, these just keep getting cooler and cooler to me. Like, it was a perfect progression. (laughs) Yeah. It was so weird how quickly I came up with it. And I I never thought that would happen. I mean, you know, looking at this now, even using your criteria, okay, if I use your criteria, I'm still going to put Gift of Music last, which is where I have the Astonishings album, right? Wow. Astonishings. Um, now we both got it wrong. I call it The Awakening. You call it Astonishings. Oh, there's no S in there? Well, you've got your way of saying it. I've got mine's. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, Strange Deja Vu wouldn't, oh. be, thir- wouldn't be 13. That would probably move up to... I probably put that at nine and move new millennium back a little bit, but it really, I mean, there'd be like two kind of small changes. Honestly, the rest of it really would stay about the same. Okay. So. Yeah. I, that's weird. I, I would really think that you would have some other, some other things higher. Especially, I mean, well, I guess if you, if you dislike the gift of music that much, I guess, you know, I don't, it's not that I dislike it. It's just, I don't, I don't think it's, I just don't even think it's in the same ballpark as these others, but I know you have such a love of that album in general that it's it's going to be hard for you to <laughs> go on. What did you, the astonishing? What did you do to me? You left me out to hung me out to dry, you know? Like <laughs> right. so, yeah. No, I just again, it was I, I thought of the records. I'm like, oh yeah, that song, and it was just kind of it was a very visceral, you know, natural response thing that I went with as my criteria, and it worked out perfectly for me. So I was trying to see know. like where were our biggest gaps, but I guess so you had pulled me under at seven. I had it at yeah. one, but you understand why I had it at one. I understand why you yeah. had it at seven, so it makes sense. I think six o'clock is the biggest one because you had it at eleven and I had it at three. Okay, yeah, there's yeah, that's a difference. Eleven minutes or yeah, that's like five there. <laughs> You're such an ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um 
You had you had as you had as I am at four, and I had it at eleven. So that's that's one. Yeah, which I'm not surprised. That's well, you know what? I actually am a little surprised because I thought your love of train of thought might bump that up a little. I I I really like that song, but I like the other songs better. Like you know what? Like honor thy father is just a beast. Okay, here's something interesting, and it it shows that we think of songs in the same venue, um, not the venue. Same vein. So, Root of All Evil, I have at five, As I Am at four. You have Root of All Evil at, at 12, and As I Am at 11. So, you're thinking of those songs sort of the same way I am, I think, to a degree. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we, we do have some differences on here now that you look at it. I, I, think, I think the two biggest surprises, obviously, Glass, you had Glass Prison at six. I... I and I really thought you'd have on the backs of angels higher than that. No, it, like it, it's like I said, it, it's very similar to Untethered Angel to me. It's just a, it's a, it's like a glove, you know, comfortable song. But you know, as much as I love Dramatic Turn, it, you know, that's not as good of a song as Glass Prison. I mean, I guess you can debate. You know, probably there's some hatred for Brood of All Evil out there, but it's clearly, obviously, not as good as Nightmare and. And in, uh, in the presence of enemies, I mean that those are no brainers that are going to be ahead of it. You know, you, even as much as I love that album, I'm not that insane. Yeah. You know? right. So like, so I, I think the question remains that when we do our best album closer episode, because <laughs> we have to do that now. Okay. I mean, we have to do that. Um, uh, like, are you going to go with the same thing? Are you going to do like? Well, I don't know that that's going to work. If me thinking of it that way, so I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to figure out our ground rules on that one, I guess. I, I don't. I. It's tough because of all these concept albums. I don't, I don't think there's anything. Oh, Adam Rishog says best album closer is no contest. Uh, let's see if we can guess. Uh, let's see. Um, Learning to live would be up there. Uh, well, you, you know, you know what I'm picking, so there's no point in me even doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't. Um, man, I I don't know. All right, Adam. So, wh- all right, what do you got, Brian? While Adam is typing out his his best album closer, what would you what would you pick? Oh, Count of Tuscany. It's not even. Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot yeah, about that I mean, one. Yeah, yeah, it's not even. That's not okay. even an episode. <laughs> well, well, there, we, can, there, we, we we can do an episode. We don't want to give away too many. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Jacob says Octavarium. Adam says Octavarium. <laughs> Gibson Les Paul. Astonishing is the best closer. <laughs> he is so not serious. Okay. If he is serious, you better let me know because otherwise I think you're joking. Every Are you sure I'm- there's not an S on it? It's not Astonishings? Yes, I'm quite positive. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 Adam's trolling you now. All forty-two minutes of six degrees is the best album closer. <laughs> oh, a callback to our draft episode. So, uh, man, this was this was fun. This was fun. I it, I don't think we argued as much as I thought we would, but again, there were a couple surprises in here. So I think you know. Wow. Okay. Back to back, back to Gibson Les Paul. He said he's serious. The astonishing is the best closer. No kidding. I, I said before when we were doing our draft that I thought it would be kind of cool that come back with that, you know, like no one would ever expect you're going to play that, you know, because you probably haven't even played anything from the album. Yeah. Other than maybe Brave New World or something and just end with that. I think it'd be kind of neat. 
Our New World. Brave New World is Maiden. Boy, you are a Maiden kick Sorry. tonight. Sorry. You're, you're, you're too busy trying to figure out the fourth track on uh, Number of the Beast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, See. Is it Gangland? No. <laughs> yeah, no, this is fun, man. Um, I, I enjoyed doing this. So, like I said, we'll have to do the album closer thing. Uh, Got to thank everybody for hanging out in the chat and all that. I, I think definitely, you know what I w- kind of want to do for one of these upcoming episodes, Brian, is just kind of have like a, almost like a, like a, like a chat episode. Just maybe have, or maybe do that as like a special episode on a weekend or something, and you know, grab grab some beverages and stuff like that, and just have everybody just pile in here. We just just bullshit about dream theater for an hour hour and a half however long we'll just all talk ask each other questions and stuff and not really have a topic just kind of hang out um i mean if you guys would be into that let us know you can you know hit us up at on our email or our social media pages and all that if you guys would be interested in just hanging out on a weekend and you know having some drinks and, and talking about some dream theater so i think that'd be cool um so do you have any ideas for the next episode i think we have a couple cool things uh i can i can tease an interview that we're going to be getting yeah, I heard there's a special guest possibly coming. Yeah, that that one is a lock. We just have to book it. So uh, this one's going to be kind of cool because uh, fans of images and words are going to dig this. Uh, we are going to have Monty Colvin from the Galactic Cowboys on on an episode coming up here, and he is going to go deep into the images and words tour. Uh, Galactic Cowboys was the opening act for Dream Theater on that first world tour that they did. Um, and you know he's he's going to talk about all the stuff that went down on that tour, try and get some cool stories out of him and stuff like that. Uh, Jack Lewis says, "Sorry, I joined late. Don't be sorry, man. It's all good. You can catch the video replay, you can catch the audio replay, and all that. Just remember, two weeks from tonight at seven thirty p.m. So there you go. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so we're going to get Monty Colvin on at some point to talk about that first world tour. Uh, Gibson wants to put you through another awake deep dive. <laughs> um, I can't do it, man. <laughs> at, at least, well, at least we know your 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 number fourteen album closer. So, yeah, give it away. <laughs> so yeah, so we're gonna have Monty Colvin on. And we got some other guests coming up, and uh, if if we get any green lights as to stuff that we can share regarding the new record as we're getting closer and closer uh, closer and closer to October twenty second, we'll definitely be sure to let you guys know. So. Um, definitely looking forward to that and the show November 12th and all that. So, um, yeah. So thanks for hanging out again, Brian. It's the show seems to get more and more fun as we go. I'm, I'm really having a blast doing this. So got to thank you again for having this idea. However many months ago, but like we should do a dream theater podcast, like very prescient of you to know that it would be this much fun. Yeah. I think you came up with this, uh, today's topic though. So yeah, this was an awesome one as well, man. Yeah. A lot of fun. So, uh, don't forget guys that we are live Every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, or the CMSNetwork.com. If you missed the live broadcast, you can catch the video replays of each episode the following Friday on Heavy Metal Television or the CMSNetwork.com. And if you want to check out the audio replays of the show, those go up pretty much within half hour to an hour after we're done with the live broadcast. So um, you can go just Google Talking Into Infinity Podcast, and we're all over the place, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those good places. So um, if you guys have any topic ideas, just let us know. If you guys want to interact with us, just shoot us a Facebook message. I know a lot of you guys have done that, so appreciate the interaction. We always like hearing from you guys and kind of BSing between shows. So uh, until next time, I am John. He is my very good buddy, Brian. And we will catch you in two weeks at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Later, guys.
everyone. Thanks for checking out Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. Just wanted to remind you that we want you to be a part of the show. If you give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, at T-I-I-D-T Podcast, we post the schedule of when we are recording the show live. It is a streaming video platform on our Facebook and YouTube pages, and it has a live chat feature where you can comment on the show, ask questions, and we can bring your remarks up on the screen and have you drive the conversation. So again, give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at T-I-I-D-T Podcast, and come hang out with us and be a part of the show. Thanks again, and carpe diem.